Our text for meditation this Epiphany Sunday is on our Gospel reading. Hear the word of our Lord from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the third chapter, beginning in the thirteenth verse. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of our Lord. God be praised for his glad tidings. Now grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Why are Christians baptized? Well, baptism is essential for every Christian. It is the very first thing done to make disciples of all nations. And in the book of Acts, we see the sacrament immediately performed on fresh converts like the Ethiopian eunuch. So important is holy baptism that on the day of Pentecost, upon hearing the gospel cut to the quick and inspire faith, 3,000 people were baptized by Christ's disciples. This sacrament is always seen going hand in glove with repentance, conversion, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It is so intricately connected to regeneration that the moment St. Paul found someone proclaiming the truth about Jesus without having been baptized, he had them receive baptism, and immediately the Holy Spirit began to dwell with them. So the church, ever since Pentecost, has always baptized, from infants to elderly converts, Every Christian starts their true walk by benefiting from it. It is something our Lord Jesus commands for Christians as the very first thing that even makes them disciples in the first place. So why is this so important? Well, in short, baptism saves. By delivering the forgiveness of sins won on the cross, to the individual being baptized. Baptism saves because it is when Jesus says to you, beloved, I am your Savior. The moment you are submerged into the water or have it poured on you, you are united to Christ, brought into the true Israel by heart circumcision, and entered into the death of Christ, thus being promised a resurrection like his. With the remembrance of holy baptism, you will always have the full assurance provided by our Lord Jesus that if you believe and are baptized, you will be saved. It is not so much the water itself as it is the word of God fulfilled in the washing which regenerates, purifies, and pours eternal life upon the soul. It is a necessary part of salvation, and we do well to rejoice in it. It restores the image of God which was lost in the fall. 
Now, Scripture attests that John's baptism was not the same as the one instituted by our Lord Jesus. It did not regenerate. It was an act of man meant for repentance as a way of being ready for the coming Messiah. In other words, it was a from-the-ground-up baptism one which men did to affirm their dedication to our Lord. It did include forgiveness, per Mark chapter 1 verse 4, but in a way similar to confession and absolution. Whoever came to John was promised that they would be forgiven, and that would be when Messiah came. Those who were convicted of their sins would go to John, go into the waters, and receive the promise of salvation if they held on to faith in Christ's advent. In contrast, the baptism that the Lord Jesus gave us is from the top down, performed ultimately by the actions of the Holy Spirit to the men, women, and children being baptized. Needless to say, Christ came to the Jordan to participate in John's baptism. Men everywhere in Judea were going to the river to declare repentance and receive the promise of the Messiah. And at this moment, our Lord comes up to John and says that he has something to declare as well. John the Baptist is confused by the request, as confused as we are. I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? John knew that Christ needs no repentance, and being the Messiah, he does not need to be ready for himself. He has no need of personal forgiveness, and he has no occasion to change whatsoever. John was even more confused, since Christ came to him in humility with this request. He had already said that he was nothing compared to Jesus. Luke 3 verse 16, I'm not worthy to unloose his sandal strap. So, he was understandably hesitant. But John did not know that Jesus was about to make a different kind of declaration when he went into the water. Our Lord answers John with this, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, in what sense is this being fulfilled? Jesus is already righteousness himself. So he had no need to do this for some sort of moral self-improvement. If you think of goodness like water, his cup is overflowing. It simply makes no sense for him to be baptized like this until we remember what our Lord is all about. There are two words that are of nearly infinite value when finding out why God does something. Two words that I shall never tire of uttering on any theological topic. These words are for and you. For you. God created the entirety of the universe for you. God sent his only son to die for you. Christ rose from the dead for 
You, Christ, shall return to judge the living and the dead. You guessed it. For you. If you ever have trouble understanding why Jesus does something when reading the Gospels, nine times out of ten, it will make sense after uttering those words. For you. God is so selfless in his approach to humanity that St. John writes, God is love in 1 John 4, 8, meaning that he is the standard for agape, and that motivates all that he does. This applies especially when understanding the baptism of our Lord. Jesus Christ was baptized in the river Jordan for you. You see, beloved, we are justified by faith alone. When we trust in Jesus Christ, God counts us as having his righteousness, even though we are sinners. When Jesus says to John that the baptism was for fulfilling all righteousness, he is saying that the act will fulfill Jeremiah's prophecy, which says that the Messiah would be called the Lord is our righteousness. John's baptism was for declaring, and it is in the waters of the Jordan that Christ declared that he would become the good, that we by our sinful nature are not. Yet, this was more than just a declaration by Jesus, wasn't it? The Son of God is not the only one who speaks here by this deed. The Holy Spirit comes down from the heavens and rests on Christ, showing everyone that it is verified from above. He is indeed the Anointed One and the Lord our righteousness. Our Heavenly Father then pronounces, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased disproving anyone who would say that they had hallucinated the dove-like spirit, or that there was just a trick of the light. The beatific experience of the three persons of the Trinity making their presence known makes Christ's baptism mean even more than some simple prophetic announcement that Jesus is the Messiah. The Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit each made a special appearance. So too is the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit invoked upon our baptism, and all three persons have a special presence with the individual Christian. When we are baptized, we are united to Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit as the seal of our salvation, and we are adopted into our Heavenly Father's family. So powerful is his name and his word, that when those waters are present, so is God. In the same way, at the Jordan River, God's name and word are there, because God is there with the waters of the Jordan. Christ fulfilled all righteousness in that moment, meaning he became all righteousness for you and I. What is the means by which he accomplishes this? His baptism. You see, the sacrament of baptism 
unites the Christian with Christ. The baptism in the Jordan united Christ with the Christian. The union of the believer to the Savior is made possible because of this moment. And when we are regenerated by the sacrament, our Heavenly Father teaches our souls the very same proclamation he made in front of John the Baptist. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Beloved, let us listen to that voice. Let us remember our baptism and the word brought to our hearts, which tells us that Jesus is our Savior. Let us rejoice in the good news that our sins are forgiven, our wills are freed, our nature is made new, and our lives are made forever by this union with our Lord, a union which he stepped into first in the waters of the Jordan. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.